no deal for Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys. Why couldn't they come to a long-term contract extension? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, 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 Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Dallas Cowboys and Tony Pollard have been unable to come to a long-term deal, although the deadline is still a couple hours away from this recording. But uh, are you surprised that they weren't able to come to an agreement here? No, no. In fact, I I would have been surprised if there was a deal that had been agreed to because, I mean, simply because the way the market has has moved in the last, I mean, frankly, last week, two weeks, honestly, with some of these re-signings, restructurings that have happened, uh, of players of similar ilk uh, of as Tony Pollard. You know, they've got two other guys that are also on franchise tags at running back position that also uh, weren't able to kind of come to a long-term deal. The market is just not what it needs to be for for running backs that are trying to make money right now. And uh, I think for for Pollard, you know, getting ten million dollars to play this year is a good deal, uh, especially considering what what uh, you know a lot of like I said, a lot of these guys are getting in the open market. Yeah. Uh, and for the Cowboys, you know, to get uh, to secure his services one more year. Uh, and not have to commit any kind of money in the future at this point, especially you know, considering that the, the market continues to trend downwards. I, I think it honestly is is a, a good deal for both sides to wait on this if they want to do it, the Cowboys, because they want to see if there is a floor to where this running back market is falling to. And for Tony Pollard, it's you know hope against hope that the the running back market rebounds or 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 something changes that that kind of makes it more uh, palatable for trying to sign a deal though i have to say i I can't really see a future where that where that's happening anytime soon well there are some running backs that are up coming for deals that maybe could change this a little bit right like jonathan taylor he's going into the final year of his contract i won't be surprised to see the colts give him a long-term deal there are a couple things going for tony pollard that make sense right like that, that make it so he could potentially earn some more money on his contract right like He's coming off a pretty big injury. He's never been a a full-term starter. I mean, does he have like, what, five or six starts under his belt? So locking in $10.1 million guaranteed is really not all that bad for him. And then when you compare it to like Josh Jacobs, I happen to know this situation well from covering the Raiders a little bit. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, in the same time frame, they were both drafted in 2019, has 600 more NFL touches than Tony Pollard. And if yep. you go back to college, it's like 1,300 more touches than what Tony Pollard has. So Pollard could have a 320-touch year, make the Pro Bowl, and still have fewer touches than what Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley have. 
And I think there would be maybe some teams out there that would, including the Cowboys, that would be like, you know what? Still a really good player with fewer than a thousand touches. We'll give him a nice two-year, twenty-two million dollar extension or something no, like that. I mean, I think that the fact is, is that I mean, you just laid it out. Pollard is the guy that if someone was going to get a deal to, it would make the most sense to. He's he's the modern running back. He has some wide receiver history. You talked about the lack of touches. And I think that it, if if that shows you anything that that you know that's where the market is that the, the most palatable running back uh, is still going to have to play on on a franchise tag because teams are just a little bit scared to sign yeah. these long term deals and and I think you know you mentioned it the touches have a lot have a lot to do with that as it stands right now. It, there haven't been a lot of running backs that have been very successful on the second contract that they've gotten from yeah. NFL teams. Now the players that have been, if you just look at like a couple of the names. Jamal Charles had 620 touches in his first four years yeah. of his career. Better, you know, the next couple of years. Derrick Henry had, I believe, 500 fewer touches in the first four years of his career than what Ezekiel Elliott had. And now you're seeing Henry be very successful over the last couple of years. LaShawn McCoy wasn't a full-time starter for the Eagles the first couple of years of his career. And then by, you know, year five, year six, year seven, he was at an all-pro level. I wouldn't be shocked as if Tony Pollard's kind of that next player of, hey, anytime we've given him touches, he's been really good. Now that he's a full-time guy, he can still be a very efficient and productive guy on the second contract that he's gotten in the NFL. Yeah, like, look, if the Cowboys decided, you know, I, I don't think I'm against the Cowboys trying to sign him a second uh, on a second contract if, if the deal works out. But the problem is I think making a deal right now is very difficult. Like just trying to nail down what the, the cost is of, of a good running back that you want to sign to a second contract. Well, I mean, and, and the problem is, is like Tony Pollard saw Miles Sanders, who, again, that was an NFC Pro Bowl running back, sign a four-year deal with yeah. I think $13 million guaranteed. Like if that's the market, Paul, just stay on the franchise tag, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, basically get that same amount of money in a state with no uh, income tax, and you're basically it's it's a wash, right? Yeah, and that's I mean ultimately, I'm sure the Cowboys would love that. They're like, hey, look at this deal that Miles Sanders signed. If hey, you want to sign that deal, we are on board for that. But I mean, I think for Pollard, he looks at it and it's like. You know, he didn't even get the, I think, I can't remember what Miles Sanders was drafted, but that's the other thing about Second this, round, right? second round. Yeah, it says that Miles Sanders is a second round pick. A lot of these guys you're talking about, Ezekiel Elliott, some of these other folks that are in here, Henry, second round pick, Zeke, obviously a first round pick. Pollard was a fourth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. So he hasn't earned very much money up until this point. So at, at this point, I, I, I could see why he's taking the $10 million guaranteed betting on his skill set that maybe there's some opportunity for uh, the market to bounce back. And again, like you said, like you mentioned, of all the kind of running back types to hit the market, his is the most palatable to, to give a second contract because of the touches, yeah. because of the type of wide, uh, running back that he is. So uh, I, I think really the thing that really threw a monkey wrench in all of this, as much as the running back you know, market cratering underneath him, was the injury. You know, like the, yeah. the, it's not a terrible injury. It's it's a high ankle sprain. It's tough to deal with, but there is some unknown on the other side of it. I feel fairly ninety nine percent confident that we're going to see Tony Pollard of last year this coming year. But there is, you know, some uncertainty there, and that little bit of uncertainty piled on top of all the yeah. other things that were happening was just enough that everyone was just like, "Let's." <laughs> the Cowboys are like, "We'll take it the ten million. We'll, I bet if we want him next year, we can get him on a good deal." And for Pollard, it's like looking at the wasteland of the running back market and going, 
I'm glad with my 10 million guarantee. I'll, I'll take another bite at the apple next year. I do wonder what would have happened if Pollard didn't have that injury. And let's just assume the Cowboys yeah. still lose to the 49ers. Does, are the Cowboys a little bit more likely to give him a long-term deal? I, maybe. I mean, but at the same time, what does it even look like? Is he getting, you know, $13 million a year over three years? So basically like a three-year $40 million deal. I have no idea. Or are the Cowboys kind of just committed to, hey, we're not giving future money out to a running back, guaranteed money to a running back anymore. Let's just kind of go year by year. I have, I have no idea. It's one of those hypotheticals that we'll just never know. Well, it's an interesting question because I think, you know, part of what's going on here is is we're trying to parse whether or not the, the Cowboys have sort of changed their stance about running backs, right? Is is what's happening right now with Tony Pollard, you know, directly tied to what's what's going on specifically with Tony, including the injury and all those things? Or have they changed their stance about how they're handling the position? That's what we don't really know. Um, And I I do think that there's a high likelihood that even if he doesn't get injured, they probably still franchise tag him, right? Just because the the, uncertainty in the market, I mean, unless, unless they, you know, kind of waited it out, had him go out and and get offers and see the kind of money that, you know, Miles Sanders was getting offered. Maybe he comes back and and signs, uh, you know, a short, uh, smaller two year deal or something like that. But I honestly wouldn't be shocked if uh, if he, even with with no injury, the Cowboys had put him on the on the, the 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 list simply because of you know it's hard to kind of nail down what running back value is right now. That and the Cowboys are very comfortable with players playing on the franchise tag. They've done it before. I want to dive into a little bit more of that next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a job post. You just add your job. You add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile so that you can spread the word that you're hiring Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk a little bit more about some uh, some Cowboys news and some analytics stuff maybe we can dive into. We're getting really close to training camp. I think yeah. practices start next Wednesday. So getting you ready for uh, Cowboys football to be back. But, Landon, let's talk about Tony Pollard in a long-term deal in 2024. It seems to me like the Cowboys are very happy putting players on a franchise tag, making them prove it twice, right, before they give out long-term deals. They did it with uh, Demarcus Lawrence. They did it with Dak Prescott. They did it with Dalton Schultz, but they ended up not signing Schultz after the first franchise tag. What is your read here with Tony Pollard? Like, how likely do you think it is that he gets a deal 
next offseason? I think it's an interesting question. I, I don't, it, it's hard to say right now. Um, I think uh, as, as it stands right now, I would bet that they are probably satisfied with seeing exactly what they get out of Tony Pollard this year. And, you know, depending on how things end up, likely letting him walk in free agency and then trying to figure out a running back after that. Look, I, I, I you kind of mentioned it in your tease a little bit, right? Like the Cowboys have just finished kind of completely revamping their analytics department. I wonder if their analytics, their new analytics department has a little bit more to say about contracts regarding running backs, that sort of thing. I I think these are things that, you know, that are going to be kind of decided and and, and we may have new uh, directions that we're taking uh, franchise wise towards running back contracts by the end of next year. So uh, I, I think it's going to have uh, it's going to have a, a, a you know his play is obviously going to have an effect on this, but I also think that there is a possibility that the, the Cowboys have changed the direction in which they're they're heading as far as their uh, team management at the position. The running back position is in crisis right now as far as the market goes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the Cowboys necessarily want to you know break new ground in paying running backs again after what happened with Zeke. Um, and I think the Zeke was a great player, but I think that that, that contract really hamstrung them a, a lot. So uh, I do think that there's a good chance that even if Pollard has a fantastic season this year, the Cowboys may be looking to move on to something younger and just kind of rotating these guys in and sure. out uh, be, because that's simply the way that the, the, the position is going across the NFL. It does also feel like the Cowboys use the franchise tag to buy them some time. Like they know yeah. they can't fill every yeah. hole in one off season, but Hey, we know that we eventually have to find another running back. And, you know, if we decide to move on from Tony Pollard, we're okay paying him $10 million, which we can debate whether the Cowboys should have done that or not later. But we're going to franchise him. Let's see what else develops behind him. If Malik Davis or Deuce Vaughn prove to be a quality starter or a number two running back, maybe it's not that hard to replace him next offseason. But let's just let's give ourselves basically two offseasons to try to figure out this position. Yeah, and I and I think you know the idea too is that if you're going to go to more of a committee approach, like I, I think it's 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 a little bit easier to kind of change out you know who the lead running back is uh, because you're it's not uh, reinvesting those touches uh, you know a whole bunch of touches in all only in one player right you can distribute yeah. those a little bit more with guys you know the problem with the Cowboys this off season is that it was Pollard and then a whole bunch of no ones. If they're switching to more of a running back by committee, you know, philosophy or a draft to develop more running back situation. Um, this is year one of that, of yeah. that strategy. And so they needed to secure Pollard services one way or another. I think, you know, they probably didn't want to pay him $10 million, uh, especially, you know, looking now at, at the way the market is. Well, and maybe they didn't want to pay him $10 million, but I don't think they wanted a cap hit of $10.1 million. Like, I think they would have liked yeah. to smooth that over, right? I think that's more, yeah. I, I, I think the, the, the franchise tag is a tool, you know, and, and so they're using the tool to secure his services, I think. They probably did want to pay $10 million in one season. You're right. Um, but I, I think that that's, it, it's what it was, right? So for, for me, I think, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, let's say he has a incredible season. Let's say he has, you know, 1300 yards rushing and another 800 yards receiving or something ridiculous, right? Yeah, 600 sure. yards receiving. Right. Uh, I, I think that then it becomes 
more difficult, right, to kind of like turn him away and, 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 and say, all right, good luck going off and seeing, you know, what, what you get. But I also think that if the Cowboys are committed to this new kind of strategy, that's what they'll do. You know, they'll, they'll let him walk and then hope that they can replace him with, you know, a, a, a year better Deuce Vaughn, a second round pick and Malik Davis next year. Sure. Yeah. And we should also say, I don't, I don't think the draft fell very well for them. Right. Because obviously Bijan was never going to fall to 26. No. Jameer Gibbs went inside the top 12 picks. Yeah. Zach Charbonnet is somebody that we liked went early second round. We were thinking he potentially could have been an option for them at 58 or maybe a trade up in, in round three. And it just seemed like the running backs in this draft, because there wasn't a lot of depth, they all got pushed way up the board. Like Kendra Miller from TCU. Yep. We were talking about him as a fourth round option. He was gone like 20 picks before the Cowboys even picked yep. in the third round. So yep. it, ju- it just didn't work out for them in the draft. I think if you want to critique them at all, it's maybe that they – overvalued the running back market a little bit when you saw like what David Montgomery got, what Miles Sanders got. But even then those guys are very different players than Tony Pollard. Like David Montgomery is a grinder, right? Miles Sanders is that kind of do it all running back without maybe the elite speed. There just really wasn't anybody in the draft or in free agency that could give them the, the explosiveness and the ability to do everything else like Pollard, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, again, Pollard was unique in this class in the sense that he has something that you can't really find a lot, you know, in that he was explosive in a way that you just don't see a lot of running backs are. Yeah. Um, and, and and that he kind of was able to maintain that through, you know, a high touch count. So uh, we'll be able – we'll see. Look, if, if, if he comes into this year and he maintains a level of explosiveness on, on the similar number of carries – the Cowboys may need to figure out a way to kind of re-sign him. You know, maybe obviously with the kind of reset eyes, you know, the market has been reset a little bit. But uh, you know, look if if they sign him to a two-year deal for say twenty-four million, know, right? 20, yeah, like yeah, and eighteen of it's guaranteed or whatever. Something yeah, like that. Like I think that that's considering what the you know look, consider you're getting the normal running back stuff that you get plus you're getting explosive plays that you would normally get from the position that that you know that to me makes it a lot more palatable to give him uh uh what is now you know basically run-of-the-mill running back contract for for guys that are are worth signing a second contract to i want to dive into that a little further because i'm fascinated by this current running back market and how much these guys should get paid let's dive into that next Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We are talking about the running back market right now, which is just, it's, it's a wasteland, right? It's like it's taken a, a bit to get here, but it seems like the rest of the NFL has kind of finally, you know, believed in this idea that running backs are pretty replaceable. My question to you is, let's say you have a bona fide top five elite running back, whether that's Paul or to name your player. How much do you think that, how much of your cap should you dedicate to that player because i think that's part of this that i think nfl teams are still trying to figure out well i mean yeah i guess percentage is is tough like you know i i view it right now like you know just for this year and for next year that if you have a running back that you feel like is worth paying the money to you know paying 11 or 12 million dollars a year to me um 
is probably the most you want to pay, right? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I think that there are some guys, there are definitely guys making more than that currently. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kamara's got a pretty big deal yeah, still. And, and, uh, Christian McCaffrey obviously has a pretty, pretty large deal. So there are, and, and look, and, and I think you look at the, those two guys, right? Kamara and McCaffrey, those are both guys who do more than just kind of your normal running back stuff. They, they do a lot of stuff as receivers. That's what makes them, you know, kind of have that extra value. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I, I think, like I said, I said 12 million right around there. 12 is probably so, where I would start capping it. Right. So I think, I think the raw money is, it's a little harder to figure out. I, I think what you need to look at is like the percentage of the cap, right? Because the cap goes up every year. Yeah. Back in 2013 and 14, Adrian Peterson was getting 11% of the Vikings cap. Yeah, it's just too much. You're never going to see that ever again, right? Those days of the running backs getting that much is just ludicrous. Um, I think a good percentage it, again, it has to be somebody that you view like as an elite player, like four percent, like that. This yeah, year would be like nine and a half, like yeah. nine and a half million. If you go up to five percent, it's like ten point five million. I think that's to me the highest that I want to go because you think that guy's taking up five percent of your cap. That's still a pretty significant margin or a number for, you know, a 53 man roster. I, I, I just don't see how you could justify going over that right now. The, the other way to view it, too, is like maybe I would do 8 percent for the entire room. Right. Like like depending yeah, that's on, a better idea. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like depending on how you wanted to construct your running back room, like let's say you don't have a Tony Pollard or a guy that's your top end guy. You probably don't want to combine the three running backs that you're ho- cobbling yep. together in your room for more than seven or eight percent of, of your total. Let, let's say it's seven percent. Maybe you go, you know, five one one, right? Or yeah. you go four two one. I, I think that's probably the better way to do it. Yeah, and I, and I think that that you know it also insulates yourself a little bit more from injury. Uh, it, yeah. You know that that you're you're not investing that money in a position that is you know you're. <laughs> having to pay in, in the training room at, at all times. So, um, it, yeah, it's the, look, I mean, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to running back payment. And I think that, you know, the biggest conversation that the league is going to be having moving forward is how do we make this position equitable? You know, how do we, <laughs> because the, 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 the shelf life for this position is so early in the careers and, and running backs are is so unique uh, as far as the way they are, you know, yeah. the way they get used up, the, the length of their careers. But why um, why do you think that's changed? Because in the 2000s and even in the early 2010s, the shelf life for these running backs was more than four or five years. Right? Like we saw these guys playing really well into year seven, year eight. What's happened? Athleticism. I, I think I think I think more and more players on defense are becoming bigger and stronger and more athletic. And the uh, the uh, the collisions are just more uh, violent. Than they have been, you know, as as they, these guys get more and more athletic, there's been a lot done to protect quarterbacks, uh, you know, from some a lot of these collisions, and there has been some done to 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 to, to protect running backs. But at a certain point, I think there's a physics problem, right? Like there's a it's there's just too much force arriving at these guys, uh, and, and they're taking too many hits. The the body just can't you know handle it in the way. I don't think players are not as tough as they are. No, uh, no, they were. I think it's the opposite. I think that, that these guys are physical forces of nature. And, you know, 25 years ago, these guys were, 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 you know, just starting to uh, uh, train f- around full year, full year for, for playing professional football. 
now these guys like that's all they do 365 days a year and i think it's it it takes a toll on the human body to take hits like that over and over and over what's crazy is that defenses have gotten bigger and stronger and faster right but it seems like the running back position has really slimmed down because i think there's this emphasis on speed right well that the, the passing too like I think your quickness and your speed matters so much because the game is more wide open where, you know, in the two thousands, it was a lot of in between the tackle stuff. And it was important to, you know, really grind out yardage and that yeah. kind of stuff. Now you can tell like with Dalvin cook in one year, his speed looked like he got zapped and now he's no longer on the Vikings roster. So I think that's a, that's a big part of it. Look at the NFL draft this year. Yeah. I think there was two running backs drafted, drafted that were over 217 pounds. Like that used to be like the prototype. Like, hey, if you're going to be a starting running back in the NFL, you better be over 220 pounds. Now we rarely see those guys anymore. Just to pull back a little bit, and I know we don't have a ton of time, but I think the rise of passing camps specifically increased the ability of passers across the board. It made the passing game more palatable, more safe. Uh, and then that became, because it has more bang for your buck, more EPA, more teams started throwing the football more, which devalued the the, 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 the position while making it more physically tolling because the players mm-hmm. are getting better. So the, the running back position was getting it from both ends. They were losing value as the position was actually becoming more difficult, physically demanding to play. Uh, and, and, you know, lo and behold, 10 years or 15 years of that, uh, has left us where we are, where, you know, there's, I, I think there's a legitimate fear about how you're going to get kids to continue to play the position in the future if they're underpaid and they're the most physically, you know, uh, uh, beaten up position maybe in, in all of they, football. They need their own union or they, they really st- do or like, something else, like something to incentivize teams to pay these running backs. I don't know what the NFL is going to do about it or what the NFL PA will do, uh, but it has gotten to a point where, it just really doesn't make sense to give a running back a long-term deal because there's so many other quality running backs out there that are available at a fraction of the price. Uh, we'll see how the Cowboys ha- handle Tony Pollard. We know that he'll play in the franchise tag this year, but beyond that, his status is in question. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked on Cowboys your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, we're also back to five days a week, so yeah. no missing shows on Thursday and Fridays. We'll we'll be back here to get you ready for Cowboys camp. Go check out our show on YouTube again, Locked On Cowboys. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time.